episode 36 of Thelma and Tom Look Left. I don't quite know what happened at the start of this episode. We started talking before we'd actually done the intro. So here I am putting the intro on the front of it. Hope you enjoy listening and uh, thank you very much. How are you? I'm okay. I've had an interesting few days. (laughs) What have you been doing? Well, it was my dad's 100th birthday and I've been up in Whitney celebrating. So how did it go? Yeah, so lots of socialising. Which, you know, I'm, um, yeah. one thing that happened to me, my dad invited a few of his neighbours and church friends to a social thing on the morning of his actual birthday and he asked me to go to help, you know, keep the conversation going and so on. And I got stuck in uh, the conservatory of the house talking to two of his church-going friends who were basically extremely right-wing. uh, It was horrendous. I couldn't get away. And I was there talking to them. Well, they were talking at me for about an hour. And I had had these braces on, Thelma. I don't know if you can see them. Yeah. Yeah, They've got CND symbols all over them. They're they're quite nice. Very Um, cool. uh, they're, They're really nice, but they're a bit, you know. And this one woman, she kept, she didn't say anything. She kept pointing at them like, like she'd gone into shock or something. <laughs> <laughs> After about three quarters of an hour, I said to, her, said to them, do you read the Daily Mail? And they said, yeah, we do. And I said, well, that's kind of why you're thinking the way you're thinking. Because you've been reading that paper for 50 years. Yeah. And, um, you know. Yeah, yeah we, it's the control, isn't it, of the media. And they're just indoctrinated, yeah. really, aren't they? Um, it's yeah. It's just... It's just so, and if you live in a, it's a very monocultural place, isn't it, Whitney? And uh, very, very beautiful, but very parochial. And, um, uh, you know, they won't see, they don't look outside, do they? And if you're only reading, watching mainstream media and reading the, you know, Daily Mail, that's that's it, isn't it? You know, Um, but I'm glad you were there, Tom, to, to, uh, to challenge it. Uh, with your braces and all. <laughs> How is your dad? I mean, is he is he kind of compassmentous? He's, he's and... really good. He's just such a nice bloke, and he's he's you know he's totally there in his mind, and he's very right. peaceful, and he's yeah. he's a very religious man, but he doesn't shout shout it from the rooftops or anything like that. He no. he understands like he doesn't mind if I'm a little bit um, you know rude about things or no. offhand. He takes it in his stride. He's very yeah. good. Yeah, I like him a lot, and um, oh, that's a lovely thing to say about your dad. Um, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's definitely the kind of head of the family, and he gets an awful yeah. lot. We've got a massive family, and uh, he, yeah. you know, everyone there was at the main dude. There were about sixty of us, and that was just his descendants, really. Wow. And they weren't all there, but it was yeah, it was a lovely, lovely time. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and it, it is a joy to hear somebody saying really positive things about the parents because often there's this uh, downward spiral from people of oh, it's my parents were to blame because I mean, but you know, and that yeah. that kind of thing, and I find that a little bit depressing, really, because uh, I think as parents, you you just do your best, don't you? And, and you absolutely do. Tough, it's a tough old game bringing up kids at the best yeah, of times, it is. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, babies don't really come with a handbook, do they? Not like a car I mean, manual. If, if things are, no, exactly. And I mean, if you're having a tough life on top of that, you exactly. know, you're short of money or I things know. aren't going away or your relationship's not great, you know, it's 
anything can happen, can't yeah. it? It can, it can. I think we've got to be, uh, yeah, we can, we can be kinder, I think, sometimes. And so it's, it's just to hear that. You've cheered me up already. One of the things I was going to say to you, Tom, was, um, was I'm usually an optimist and I'm quite a bouncy person, you know, mm. kind of an optimistic. But, yeah. oh, just at the moment, I need you to cheer me up. I don't know whether you can or are you feeling well, like me about it's, uh, Do you know what? There's so much of our people have been saying to me, I was speaking to my sister-in-law, and I, she's not by any means a political political activist or anything like that. But I, I just she's just saying the only way she can deal with things at the moment is by sticking her head in the sand. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it is an option, isn't it? Really, and I, in a way, I I like our podcast because it makes me kind of pay attention, and yeah. um, yes. uh, I understand that. that you know, it can be quite hard and it can be quite depressing. And, you know, Twitter can be a very, you know, divisive place. And Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, it is you know, so... like that at the moment or, or on the social media. But but like you, Tom, I, I find our podcast, just what you were saying, that, um, I mean, obviously I'm engaging on, on Twitter uh, quite a lot and I'm still involved with uh, members of, of POW. Um, but but talking to you, I think I think there's something comes with age and wisdom and experience and talking through things often help helps me. And, and I do like to think that the, the listeners we do have, I know we're not, a, you know, a great big concern with our podcast, but I, I do think the number of, of listeners is, is growing slightly. And I do get more comments from people saying it's just nice to hear to people coming at things in a reasonable way um, because things aren't always black and white, are they? And um, I, th I no. think that, that that nuance with a lot of things is often missing, especially on Twitter. And I think one of the reasons I'm glad to talk to you today is one of the things, and I'm sure we're off what we, we're going to talk about, but I did want to discuss with you, you know, this idea of both on the right and the left that, that you know, that this this idea of well I'm right you're wrong and um, that you know and, and and harping on constantly I mean we can learn from the past but harping on about things as they perceive it and being critical of others even critical of people who who are on you know the left rather than trying your hardest to kind of move forward when our priority for all of us as socialists has got to be the most vulnerable people at the moment and what is happening with the socialist movement and what's happening with the unions which I think does bring us into you know what what we wanted to talk about I mean on a more optimistic note I suppose I'm saying that there is a mood of change in the country um, and you can feel it I, I don't know about you but I can feel it at the moment that that, that people are I think the title enough is enough. I'd, I'd like your thoughts on what's happening with this new campaign, but I think the title does kind of sum it up with what's happening. But I am holding back a little bit at the moment. But before I tell you what I think about that movement, I'd like to know your thoughts, Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a really interesting time, Thelma. And I, I've got to say, I mean, I do have my days when I just think, oh, no, I'm, this is, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to be a monk. I'm going to have to withdraw from society, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. I, can't, I can't add anything to this that's of any positive value. I do have those days. 
but sometimes I, uh, it doesn't take much, a little feeling of optimism, meet someone who's really, you know, still got some enthusiasm and still, you know, got energy for change. And I'm in there thinking, yes, come on. And I think that's, in a way, that's our role, Thelma, as well, is to, uh, I, mean, I mean, when I when I first met you and I just thought, yeah, I, I want to work with Thelma, we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. We still are. And, uh, you know, th- there's so much good stuff going on. It, some of the statistics that come out, I, I don't know where I saw it, it might have been the dreaded Guardian, but 40, we'll get our podcast closed down for saying this, so I might have dreaded 46% of young people think that uh, revolution or violent confrontation, I don't know if it's violent confrontation, but revolution is a valid thing to do considering the state of things today in this world and mm. and you know is, is a way to get change and you just think well i suppose you could look at that as a terrifying statistic but you can also look at it as a, a really positive thing mm. that's nearly half of young people are po- politically motivated enough to think that something has to happen here yeah got yeah. to change things there is a political vacuum and i i just think you, when people get to the point of they've nothing left to lose that that's when that's when things start to happen and i think what's happened is that um a leader and he is a you know he's a union leader but he is a leader he's a born leader mick lynch is showing how it can be done and I think that he, he is my hope at the moment. And I, I hate to have this sense of, oh, we're waiting for a messiah kind of thing, because that, that you know, that ain't going to happen. And I don't think we should rely on one figurehead, because we all know from past experience on the left that the uh, right wingers go straight for that figurehead. And of course, they were relentless with, with Jeremy. But but Mick has that strength. He doesn't take any um, rubbish from, from, um, from the journalists. Um, he's articulate, he's knowledgeable, he's brave, he's got a sense of humor. Um, and I he 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 and Eddie Dempsey. Uh, and Sharon Graham do give me hope. And I think that what's making me smile a little bit is in my opinion, it's the un- those union leaders that have led this new campaign or this movement or, and this rebellion and, and are representing the workers and representing ordinary people. And it's almost to me like a lot of these left-wing politicians are catching up now and piggybacking on actually what the unions have done. Because I would say what I expected, and I was quite outspoken about this, and I still hold on, that those MPs in the SCG, I respected them saying they were staying in, but, you know, and I have said publicly, sending letters, (laughs) starting petitions, we're beyond that now. For people who are literally unable to put food on the table, scared stiff about paying their bills, thinking how are we going to eat as the winter approaches? It's the actual basic survival we're talking about, saying I've sent a letter to Boris Johnson, or I'm sorry, it just won't cut it. And I think that's what where the unions are moving in. My fear, though, and that's why I'm holding back a bit, because I'll support it, 
any anything that is part of the movement that is going to call well not just the Tories to account but but Labour leadership uh, to account but I, I'll support them but my fear is over the past two years we've had so many things for left-wingers to sign up to so many different campaigns that have have been worthwhile in their own way but they're not going to change Westminster they're not going to change the electoral system they're not they're not going to improve the lives of ordinary people they can talk about it and what they will do but unless any of them get elected and that's going to take a long time I know that I'm not naive but none of them to my mind none of the politicians have taken that risk of giving up the labor wit and saying I want to lead a new party or I want to be part of a new party and I want to see what happens with this enough is enough because my worry is that it's another way of Labour, Labour left but duping socialists back into Labour and we'll end up back where we were and that it's not good enough now, things have got too bad, that's my thoughts anyway. Yeah, no, totally. I'm with you, Thelma. What I think about it as well is, yeah, I agree with you that the unions are leading the way. Uh, and it's it's great to have leaders and we can get behind. And it gives us something. Again, it does give us something to be optimistic about. I mean, you can't help feeling cheered up when you see Mick Lynch sort of, well, basically making the establishment look foolish, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's joyful for me to see that. But what I feel about that, and then you get these kind of extra organisations, like, say, Peace and Justice. Uh, we had uh, an organisation called Don't Pay. We had another organisation now that's called Enough is Enough. Got 400,000 people signed up to Enough is Enough in days, I believe. Yeah. So there's, yeah. the, the support is there for these things. But what do they do? Uh, in a way, they're just... They're almost saying look, we're, we're, we're not going to try and change the system because we can't. Uh, we'll just try and make it a bit better for everyone. Don't be quite, throw us a bit more money. Uh, whereas I don't really think that's what needs to happen. I think we have, well, obvious, isn't it? We have to change the system. It's Because otherwise it's just going to keep limping on forever. The, the, there'll be this minority of people who've got all the wealth and all the power. And the rest of us will just be making pressure groups. Or can you... You know, can you just... Uh... And the, 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 every day there's more evidence of that, Tom, isn't there? You know, where CEOs uh, over the past year have had wage increases, is it, of a 30, 39%? I did write it down. Pay up yeah, 39%. Yeah. And workers pay up on average 4.3%. Um, when we've got inflation set for January, they're talking about 18, 19%. When people are already broke and 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 many destitute, you know, I just don't even be and, and the thing is we we both of us have a, a, a good quality of life. We're very, you know, fortunate. But I think even you know people like ourselves that have all of that and grew up at a time when there was full employment, free education, all of the you know housing, the rest of it. We had all those benefits. Um, you can't, if you've got a social conscience, you, you can't be happy, can you? You know, I can't, I, I can't just sit back and think, well, I'm all right, because anybody who's got a, a heart or a social conscience 
can't accept this. And that's why I keep on battling. And that's why I'm working so closely with, in particular now, uh, Left Unity. I'm not a member of any political party at the moment, um, but I work closely with Left Unity and Breakthrough Party. And they are both working very closely together. And I'm hoping that we'll have Alex Mays on with us, uh, leader of Breakthrough, with somebody from uh, representing Left Unity in the near future so they can they can talk about what they're doing um, as part of that movement. But unless, uh, you know, I think it's amazing the engagement that Enough in, is Enough has had. Um, and as I say, I think the title of it kind of sums up the mood of the country. But it's got to deliver more than just marches and rallies and even joining picket lines. Um, I think the, you know, the unions are, are being very successful at the moment. I think that's great, but we've got to change Westminster. That, that is fundamental to me. We've got to change the voting system. We've got to have a written constitution. We, we've just got to, and get it out of London, you know, get government out of London, in my opinion. So there's loads that needs changing and it needs brave people, but it needs, if you can get 400,000 to sign up, my fear is those people might be, have their expectations risen and then to be so disappointed and deflated if it's just another campaign and, and it isn't going to deliver. And I think if it was to become a political party, well, I don't know about you, Tom, but I'd support it. Yeah, I think I think we're at a point now. I mean, it it is bubbling away and it is gaining momentum, and it is it's it's just not clear yet how it's going to happen. And mm. we've got like these little parties like Breakthrough and so on, put putting themselves out there very bravely and and attracting membership. You know, growing numbers, but oh, very, very yeah. Whereas these these organisations, enough is enough. I don't I don't even know who's behind that. But they got Zara Sultana, didn't they? As a uh, she gave it some support, and I think that she's got a lot of power. Yeah, um, and Ian Byrne as just, well. They have Jeremy, and obviously he's got a lot of power. There are people there, but if you think, I'll just quickly go into this. Like in in the um, late nineteenth century, when before Labour Party was even the thing, there was lots of pressure groups. Lots of different unions were improving a lot of the workers. They were they were having some success, but they couldn't change anything really. They could just kind of go, well, you know, we're not going to come and work for you unless you give us a decent wage. So they'd give them a decent wage, but that that kind of worker owner relationship never got changed at all until the, the I, one particular guy, and I can't ever remember who it was. He eventually got him, got it organised, got all of those little organisations together and got them to go into one big organisation, uh, the Labour Party. And, and things really started to change then because we had an electoral voice. We haven't got that at the moment. Mm. And, uh, and, and some people think we can get it through the Labour Party. Well, you, you've made that quite clear what you think about that. I pretty, I mean, the evidence tells me that that's not possible. I've, mm. I've watched the Labour Party all my life and they're not about changing the system. They've done some amazing things. They did the health service. They did, they yeah. did I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of good stuff, yeah. but it's it, it it's got us to where we are now and this isn't very good, is it? 
Well, if you um, look, I mean, if you look at the time from Keir Hardy, and I'm just reading the latest book on Victor Grayson, who was the Combe Valley um, MP, very radical left, and the factions then that existed, and it's just gone on and on and on. And, and those that are sticking in Labour would say, oh, but it's always been like this. There's always been the factions. We've got to stay in and fight. It's our party. Well, let's face it. How often has the party been victorious? Because Blair and Brown didn't change. Uh, you know, we, had, we ended up with uh, academization of our schools and PFI um, under Brown Brown. Um, so, you know, we've not had true, true socialism since, you know, 1945. Um, and I, I, I just think, for me, for me, it's done. And it's always gone on in the Labour Party because it's part of that Westminster establishment. Um, and it seems to me that Storm has gone so far to the right now uh, that the establishment are saying, OK, we'll have him now. You know, it, it, he'll do. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. back him now. And now the polls are trying to lead the way by saying, oh, yeah, they're in the lead. And I, I know how it works. I've seen it before. And I know I'm cynical about these things, but I do believe there's hope in the future with some of these young radical socialists. And it takes time. Um, I mean, I've often quoted the SNP and how they started from nothing and um, and they could have independence by autumn uh, 2023. So, you know, th these things happen and can happen. Um, and I'm not giving up that. I am feeling down about the state of the world and and the kind of sewerage pouring into our seas and our waterways and, and knowing that that Labour amendment, that there were a number, was it 30 odd? Labour MPs abstained on that, and, and there may be some with genuine excuses about family illness or whatever, but come on, why? You know, why on earth would you abstain on that amendment to prevent this happening, you know? So it's not just the Tories, but we've got some Labour that need to be held to account with that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that the, um, I mean, the Labour Party, uh, we've gone over and over it, haven't we, Thelma? Yeah. This podcast it's it's a spent force really the the um the, the thing i think is you know you, you we've got these little parties and there's loads of them and there's some that have been going for decades even uh that have thought well we can't we're not labor we're socialist and and getting nowhere really generally mm. uh i'm not saying we shouldn't do it but i'm just think like if the labor party now came along and like they're giving a hard time to some of the left-wing MPs. Now, if they were to do something, say, to Zara Sultana and deselect her or whatever, or kick Jeremy out, or totally, or uh, get get a couple of those left MPs out of the Labour Party, and then they might sort of say, well, we've got to do something. And they might then give some momentum to uh, a socialist party. That's one thing that could happen, I think. That, That's that what, I, mean, I, I wondered whether the actual master plan was that um, they're actually goading the Labour leadership, like, you know, some of these uh, left-wing MPs, to kick them out, and ready and waiting will be the enough is enough party, won't it? So yeah. I, I just think, is that the plan to all, all these left MPs that have been critical of what's happening and quite rightly if they were to be either deselected or thrown out um expelled from the party or lost the whip 
then you've got a ready-made uh, yeah, exactly. movement, but exactly. with the unions. And then if the unions withdrew their money and put it into that, enough is enough. You can see the strategy. Yeah, absolutely. That, I'm just hoping that is the strategy because I do know that the smaller parties that are in our People's Alliance of the Left would support wholeheartedly a party like that, you know, and would want to become part of it. The problem we've got is some on the left, well, for a start, some of them are still harping on about things that happened in, in the past and causing division on the left, which does aggravate me. And would they would they become part of that movement or new party? That that's the question. And I think that's that that's the thing. And obviously there would be hurdles um, and, and red lines that you know might might be difficult to to overcome. But um, I'm I'm kind of hoping that everything I've heard from Enough is Enough and what they stand for. Um, I'm sure that parties like Breakthrough and I know Left Unity agree with. But for me, I describe it as needing more meat on the bones. I want I want to know what what is the strategy? What's the what's the policies? Uh, Because I think you raise people's expectations and people who are desperate um, uh, for for an answer to, to what this cost of living crisis, I hate that phrase because it's poverty, isn't it, that people are facing and how 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 we help those people, how they are supported um, by what we've currently got is a failed state. So that, you know, is is the question. It's a very interesting time. I I do feel we're at a watershed at the moment. I really- Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, you're saying, is it a strategy? I, enough is enough is enough. I mean, even if it isn't, I don't think it's a strategy. I think it's just something that's happening. But what it is showing us is that there is the support there and there are the people i mean what the unions have shown us is that there are the leaders there everything's there in place that we've even got our own very small media going on we've got a couple of newspapers going you know i mean even things like now the independent uh, i don't read you have to pay to read it i think but i did get somehow get to see one article and it was actually going on about Jeremy as though you know didn't even slag him off in the slightest and and you think well things are kind of going in the right direction it's just now a matter of if it can all come together somehow and turn into something that we can all get behind and I and to be honest Tommy I know you're in the front line so you get a lot of flack from differences a lot of those people that are going on about differences and oh this is my red line and I can't do this and I can't do that really that most of that happens in a little backwater of twitter i think that kind of enough is enough kind of proves that four hundred thousand, just like that you know no one i i mean i don't even know who's in charge of enough is enough and to be honest if it got give got a little bit more legitimacy i'd i'd join like a flash you know if someone that i really trusted suddenly stood up and said well i'm i'm in here you know i'd probably go well so am i Mm. Um, I'm, I'm just I, watching. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I love the people that are involved. I mean, Ian Byrne is a well, we've had him as a guest, haven't we? And yeah, a great, a great socialist, a great MP. Um, I don't know Zara personally, um, but but a very brave um, young woman. Great again, it seems a great socialist. But I, you know, I mentioned this idea of this savior that's going to save us all on the left. 
I'm loathe to just look up one figurehead. And I'm also just a bit watchful that it's not uh, Labour wanting to drag <laughs> those of us who now do not want to be in Labour and have, have left Labour or been expelled by Labour um, back into Labour because, you know, we've got momentum going on there. We've got all these different people's assembly, but they are all linked to the Labour Party. And yeah. um, I, I think this is about a movement. Uh, this is about something new. Um, I think the Labour brand now is tired and toxic. Um, and I, I honestly, honestly think there is a, a need for something new. So I'm just hoping, I don't want it to be a ruse for getting the left or dividing those of us on the left who are no longer in Labour as a strategy, because that that's happened before. Um, you know, you know, Labour have been known to start campaigns like I know of something that happened with when Left Unity was formed um, 10 years ago or so, you know, that there was an anti-austerity uh, campaign that was formed from nowhere. Nobody knew really who was leading it. And it was a kind of bring them all together under the Labour umbrella as a deflection from Left Unity, which was this new radical socialist party. And I think, you know, I'm just, I know I'm a sceptic. I know I can be a bit cynical about these things, but I'm just watching that this doesn't destroy what is a growing radical left movement outside of the Labour Party and what is needed um, for our society. So, but, but if it's proved to be a new party, it's headed by somebody like Mick Lynch, and it is not about Labour. Um, I'll be in there, you know, I, uh, on a personal level, um, I, I will be in there. And so will many people I know as well. So let's have fingers crossed there. Um, yeah, Tom. absolutely. Selma. It will be, in no time at all, it will be the biggest political party in the UK. That's a fact. I mean, I know that to us, it's just amazing that it hasn't already happened, really. But I kind of presume that these people that have the power to make these things happen, they must get together and talk about it. There's quite a few of them. There'd be these big names that could kind of mm. kick this off. They must surely, when they meet up, go, well, what do you think? I mean, I'd be doing it all the time. I'd be looking for, you know, someone to kind of, You've only got to put a few people together, haven't you? And just go, right, let's go for it. Dunk. And, uh... um, yeah, it's it's more complex, I suppose, Tom, isn't it? You know, in terms of your policy, and, you know, I was saying before about having meat on the bones. Um, and this is why um, I'm hoping Alex Mays can come on soon and talk to us about the manifesto because it's a, you know, working, working document. But actually, I, I just love that. And, um, you know, all their priorities and their, the, you know, their, their 10 priorities. And, and, and that is that is in developmental stage and with input from uh, members um, and others. Um, and having a conference at the beginning of October, which I'm sure Alex, when he comes on, will will talk about that. But you know, br brilliant ideas and policies. As I say, I'm not a member of Breakthrough, but I just appreciate uh, the these young radical socialists that are looking to the future have have based a lot of their policy platform on on the wonderful work that was done in 17 and 19. Um, under Jeremy uh, as leader, and you know they've they've, they've and it's it's developed from there. 
Um, and, and it's what it's what Jeremy and John and co showed the world of how our society could be. You know, we've seen that. And now that's what's changed. That's what shifted with these centrists at the moment from how it used to be. And they can't understand that saying things like, well, what are the working class is going to do? They've nowhere else to go. That arrogance that's there still with a lot of the centrists that are behind Starmer that think that people have nowhere else to go and this younger yeah. generation aren't angry um, because they are angry. What you quoted before and the figures there for them saying, you know, it, it, time for rebellion. I mean, I was reading the, the book um, a bit behind with it, really, because I should have read it a while back, but Lenin on the train and the build up to the uh, Russian Revolution. And when people were not dissimilar, I have to say, um, to to what the situation we're in at the moment, um, where people were literally starving, insecure work, all of that, um, and people were scared. Uh, as I mentioned before, when there's nothing left to lose and we've got an oppressive regime, which is, you can see, can't you, from, from this government, well, the government are absent. And, and, and that's the other thing, Tom, the, the, these polls about Labour leading, how can they be leading when they, the, we haven't got a government actually in operation or even in number 10? You know, I mean, how could Labour not be succeeding against this? You know, I mean, it's just a nonsense, really. Yeah. Um, but I believe there is an alternative. I, I still, I, I still believe that there can be an alternative, and I, I really desperately hope I'm not being negative about enough is enough. What I've seen, the people involved, but it does seem to be the Labour MPs with the unions who are largely not all, but affiliated to Labour, and I'm just a little bit of. But yeah, you might have a victory on the picket lines and you may secure fair wages uh, that meet inflation um, with, within, the, you know, the different uh, public sector and, and um, rail workers unions. So you, you, they may be successful with that, but what's going to change in Westminster? That's, that's my question. And that's what I would want from any new party, a vision for how we change that and how we avoid ever repeating where we've got to now. I think that's that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. I'll 100% support it if, if that's going to become a new party and it's not just about Labour and the status quo. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's a huge uh, amount of people now that are, can't, can't ever see themselves going back to the Labour Party and and for the young people that are, aren't caught up in these kind of traditional politics who are looking at things really with a, a pure eye in a way it's just like well honestly why would you ever get involved in that kind of stuff it's just totally alien to them you know you've got yeah. characters in the Labour Party that are just the most kind of ghastly people I'm not going to mention any names but you just <laughs> you know worse than the people that i met at that party <laughs> anyway um thelma we just want to get on to the the, uh, the other thing we do just need to spend five minutes talking about the tory sewage party oh yes which oh. I, I, uh, to, to give a bit of balance i will go into privatization and why it was done and it has proved you know it's coming unstuck big style now 
And it, uh, as you said already, it, it's like we're living in a failed state, which is true. It's uh, People are looking at the UK, as far as I can gather, I see a lot of uh, correspondence from abroad going, what on earth are you doing? Why are you, why are you doing this? Uh, I heard, it described as a, I heard it described as a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what a You've state. Got to laugh on it's awful. I mean, it's, it should, it's not even funny, but you can't help laughing at it. No. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. But um, uh, the whole idea of privatisation was that the, the competitiveness would, would um, make it more uh, efficient and the profits that it would make could be put back into the system. And it's been completely and utterly, basically, just a rip-off. Yeah. And uh, what was ours is no longer ours. It now belongs to a few shareholders, and they're taking you know the water. Do you know we're the only country in the world that's privatised their water? Yes, yeah, it's not In the world, you know. It's unbelievable. Now, I, I, well, you know, someone's got to change it. I mean, there's... The, the Tory, the, the Tory sewage party sums up the whole where we've got yeah. to with uh, government yeah. right now, doesn't it? I mean, how how can that even happen? Is I mean, I, I I know it happened because they had no choice in the moment. They had all this sewage and they didn't know what to do with it, so they waited for a bit of bad weather and then kind of opened the gates. I presume that's how it was. Well, the Liberals are more. Um outspoken and active about this it seems to me than Labour at the moment because they they've reported on the lack of the um, monitoring um, of of the sewage being released and the, the actual monitoring equipment it hasn't been working and they've exposed that and Labour seem to be silent on it the Labour MPs um, abstaining on it and you've got one of course who crossed the floor from the Tories who actually voted for it you know, and voted with the Conservatives. So they are, Labour are largely silent on what is happening at the moment. And it, it, it's just appalling to think of our children, you know, swimming in those seas um, and on the beach, because obviously, presumably, it'll get into the sand. It's just disgusting, just disgusting and appalling. And, and, and as you say, Tom, what people abroad, well, I do know, because obviously we've been travelling over the summer to different places, and I do know what they're thinking about. They're just kind of like, what? What is happening? What is happening in Britain? And, it, yeah, it, it, it is. And it's the whole question, isn't it, of... Um, nationalisation and and the rationale behind that and that it belongs to us we own it um, I think that we own it campaign is a pretty good good one and strong one that it, you know it belong it belongs to us and not the CEOs and the shareholders and uh, yeah, I mean Labour in that ridiculous position as well where they can't say they can't say that it should be nationalised because that's what Jeremy said and, uh, and, and that they can't use anything from the 2000 and 2019, 2017, 2019 manifestos because that's what Jeremy said. And so they really are stuck in a yeah. ridiculous position. Yeah, uh, just they've by, into a corner, haven't they? Yeah, <laughs> you know, they total pig-headedness. They yeah. could have made, even, even without, uh, I mean, it was a tricky situation in 2019, with the electing of the new leader, but even if you accept, and, I, and when Keir Starmer won, I, I was prepared to say, okay, let's see, he's got a chance yeah. here. Me too. I didn't vote for him, but me too. No, me neither. And and 
but I did. I didn't leave the Labour Party at that point. I thought, no, look, there's a big opportunity here. He could get this right, you know, and he completely and utterly got it wrong. I mean, can he put it right? I don't know. But did he uh, get it wrong, or was it the plan all along? <laughs> <laughs> well, what you mean? He was lying to us. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it, it, when you look across Europe in particular, at the, you know, the, I mean, I've been on a lot of trains um, in, in Spain, France and Italy. I've been fortunate enough to travel over the last few months and just incredible difference in service and, and you know, pay for the staff. Um, and I'm, I'm 100% behind uh, the RMT and ASLEF um, and, and, you know, I, I would say all rail workers that, you know, deserve a decent, fair wage rise and work conditions as well. But but they're leading the charge. It's almost like they, because there's ballot, um, uh, there's balloting going on across the country in the different se- sectors. Uh, so there's the dockers at Felixstowe, and they, there's they're, they're just all across the country. Nurses and teachers are balloting at the moment for strike action. So you can see it's it's ramping up, and you know what we get from the mainstream media media is calling. Uh, the union leaders, media barons, you know, so that no, no criticisms of the CEOs that are getting 39% wage hike over a year, but uh, but but it's the union leaders that are media barons and questions. Union barons, union barons. Union, union barons. Well, yeah. we've got media barons as well, haven't we? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. But no question about the CEOs that are earning a fortune, but questions about the salaries of the of the union leaders, you know? Um, yeah, what interests me is, how, you know, you're on those, you're on those trains in Europe, and I, I've, I've done a little bit of travel, not, not much, but you know, how, how can those countries provide such a good service at such a reasonable price? I mean, who someone must be paying for that, because in our country, the train fares, are you, you've got to be rich to even think about using those trains. Uh, yeah. And when you do, do use them quite often, it, it's a horrible experience. You know, yeah. seats or the heating's broken or the air conditioning's broken or the the refreshment wagon not working i mean it's a shambles yeah, yeah. Uh, and yet you go to europe and it's like even the ordinary people you you just like myself say just go buy a ticket get on the train there's a seat it's comfortable yeah. they're, they're, they're fast clean lovely it's, it's what you value though isn't it it's what they value and prioritize and if you invest in the infrastructure uh, of any country, which of course would be fundamental to have connectivity and effective, well-run um, public transport, the people for business, for their social life, for their quality of life, being able to move easily and cheaply uh, around your country is going to benefit everybody, isn't it? It's it, it's not none of its socialism, none of its rocket science, is it? It's about it's about the well-being of the people in the looked after by the state, and it, it's it's not about saying that socialists 
um, ordinary people shouldn't have nice things because there's a lot of this isn't there about from from people saying oh well if they don't pay into the system you know if they're not contributing their taxes etc etc if I, why should I be subsidizing but it, you, the fact that you know everybody's well-being if you look at Finland for instance from five years in a row the happiest country uh, one of the happiest or the happiest country in the world with with a prime minister that is obviously very good at dancing and partying <laughs> good on that um you know but maybe that's the secret Thelma. well just you know uh, the joy of that really but also that that kind of everybody looking after each other and everybody having a good quality of life and decent trains and cheap transport and everybody having that, not just that few percent of people having everything um, and shareholders getting whacking cuts of the profit instead yeah, that's of that stop. Being, that's absolute nonsense has yeah, to stop. Isn't it? Yeah, being put back into the, as I say, the infrastructure and investing in it and paying their workers. You know, it's, it's, as I say, it's not it's just common sense and it frustrates me no end um because i just i have i have lovely things I, I, you know i'm not you know i have a really good quality of life and i don't feel guilty about that but i do feel guilty that other people haven't got all those things and i think that what we should do is have a system whereby everybody has the opportunity to have decent work decent housing national health service public transport uh, free education lifelong learning you know it's all of those things that would make such a happier society because i can feel the difference from traveling in three different countries over the last few months in in britain having such a low mood national mood compared to um those countries and i'm not saying they haven't got issues of course they have but there is a difference you can definitely feel it definitely feel it um, so yeah we mentioned a watershed uh, we've come to that point where i desperately hope that enough is enough is going to lead the charge as a new radical socialist party and movement um and i do hope it's not going to be another thing that raises people's expectations and then returns to the status quo in westminster um let's let's keep fingers crossed tom indeed i think if it isn't this it'll be it, it's coming thelma it's, you know i know we've been saying that since we started the podcast but you know the the the, the numbers are there and it's just a matter of, it's like a kind of chrysalis kind of hatching out yeah. in a way yeah can't quite tell when it's going to happen no anyway that's uh, that's great to chat thelma and yeah, it's uh, we've good to talk to a lot you, of ground there stay uh stay positive if we can and work for yeah. better things you know yeah. i think it's harder for us in a way because we came so close in the yes. late 60s 70s uh we it really did feel like we were putting together a really good place I don't know if I was in a dream then, but, you know, we had libraries, we had support, we had a health service that worked really well and all of that stuff, you know, bin collections, those weren't a problem and just it felt like we were onto something to me. Yeah. And I've for the rest of my life, I've just kind of watched it become unpicked. And I think that's quite a tough, tough yeah. thing. Yeah, but... I think the next generation, we've said before, um, give me hope. And I think um, 
I think time will tell and um, yeah. it, it would be good to see something really happen over the next few months, I think. Yeah, indeed. I think we will. Let's see. Yeah, um, yeah. we'll keep going with our podcast and keep everybody informed of how it's going. And it'd be nice if we can actually cover the success of uh, I, do you know what I'd settle for as a success? A decent left-wing party that is not contaminated by yeah. capitalists that's what yeah. i would like for this yeah. country so i think once we've got that yes then... yeah 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 okay we battle on then tom great to talk to you indeed yeah. and uh thank you for listening everybody i don't know if you've got a quote this week Thelma, or not. Um, yeah well I'm, I'm quoting a former american president which isn't not exactly radical left but it's, i do think it's a really really impro- uh, appropriate um uh, message from eisenhower if a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. Solidarity. Solidarity.